0: If you would, turn to the book of Revelation, the very last chapter, very last page, and stand with me when you get there. Revelation chapter 22. beginning in verse 6, And he said unto me, These sayings are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophet sent his angel to show unto his servants the things which must shortly be done. Behold, I come quickly, and blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. And I, John, saw these things and heard them, and when I, I had heard and seen I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel, which showed me these things. And then saith he unto me, See thou, do it not, for I am thy fellow servant, and of thy brethren for the prophets, and of them which keep the sayings of this book, worship God. And he saith unto me, Seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. And he which is filthy, let him be filthy still. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. The first and the last. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in, in through the gates into the city. For without are dogs and sorcerers, whoremongers, murderers, and idolaters, and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches, and I am the root of. And the offspring of David, and the bright and morning star. And the spirit and the bride say, Come. And let him that heareth say, Come. And let him that is athirst, Come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man shall add unto these things... God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of this book, of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. Verse 20, He which testifieth these things says, Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so come, Lord Jesus. And, of course, the very last verse, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Father, we love you and praise you, and now we come to the breaking of the bread of life. And I just pray now, Lord, that you'll just uh, be with us through this service. Be with me as I stand and proclaim you've laid upon my heart. Lord, let me preach those truths with boldness and authority. And may your Holy Spirit deal with hearts this morning, deal with my heart, deal with every person that's in here. Lord, and Lord, may your spirit have his way in our hearts and in our lives. And Lord, if there's a need, especially, Lord, concerning salvation and being ready for your return, we pray that your Holy Spirit would convict and convince that person to give their heart to you before it's eternally too late. You've heard the prayer requests. We give them to you and just ask that your will be done with each request that's been made this morning, spoken and unspoken. And again, Lord, I thank you for the honor and the privilege of being able to stand before your congregation and share your word. And Father, again, I just want to be a vessel that you can use for your glory. For it's in Jesus' mighty name we pray this morning. Amen. Please be seated. How many of you have read the book of Revelation? Have you studied it? There's a difference in reading and studying, isn't there? But the one good thing about the book of Revelation, if you study it and you get to the end, you find out we've won and we've got a great home waiting for us. Amen. Amen? But as God gave Revelation to John on the Isle of Pat, John begins to tell us as we study the book about what's going to happen in the future. And by the way, I see it happening in front of our eyes now. How about you? Amen. He tells us the condition of the church that it's going to be in when he returns. And beloved, we're seeing that today. The church is what? Cold. The church is what? indifferent, okay? And there's a great falling away, right? Yeah. He tells us that that's going to happen before he returns. And we see that everywhere. He also tells us the twofold way he's coming back. The first time he comes back, he is literally going to come through the clouds and he's stay up there and call us up to meet him in the clouds. The rapture, the church. And then Seven years later, he's coming again. But this time, he's coming back to the earth where he will put down Satan and the Antichrist and all sin, and he'll rule and reign in justice in the millennial reign of Christ. But during the tribulation, don't let me forget to just say this. He tells of a time when the church is raptured out. There will be seven years of tribulation where he will literally pour out his wrath and his judgment against those that have rejected Jesus Christ as their Savior, and there's going to be billions of people that are going to die by war and famine and pestilence. It's going to be like nothing we've ever seen. But listen, here's the good news. If you know Jesus as your personal Savior, you don't have to worry about that. But the bad news is those loved ones that we love with all of our heart, our family, our sons, our daughters, our aunts, uncles, maybe even our parents or grandparents, if they die without Christ and they're living when he raptures the church out of here, they're going to have to go through that terrible, terrible time. So again, throughout the book of Revelation, The Lord is trying to tell us what's going to take place and he wants us to get ready, to make preparation. And again, I I love chapter 22 because it begins with a description, brief description, but a description of what heaven's going to be like for us that know the Lord. But then he starts closing the book. And what does it signify when you... Close the book means you're finished. It's done. And beloved, I believe we're on the last page of the last book and the last chapter. I believe the book's fixing to be closed. But notice what it says as we begin in verse 6. We see he's closing a book concerning his word. Look at verse 6. And he said unto me, these sayings are faithful and true. Now, I want to stop right there before we even get into the verse. This book I hold before you is God's revelation to man. And this book is faithful. This book is true. And guess what? You can depend upon this book. It is faithful, it is true, and by the way, Jesus is the living word, and he is also called faithful and true in the first book of Revelation. So this book here is something you can depend upon. Every word, every sentence is truth. Think about that for a second. It's truth. Every promise that God ever made to his creation Every promise has come true. And every prophecy that's ever been spoken has also come to pass. Why? Because the word of God is faithful and it's true. Understand this book here that we hold is not something that we should just toss on the coffee table or toss on the dash of our car. It's something that we should cherish because this is, after all, God revealing himself to you and me in a personal manner and way. It's personal. And the Word of God declares this book here that I possess and you possess is faithful and true, and we can trust it. Amen? That's good stuff. Notice, he said unto me, These sayings are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show unto his servant the things which must shortly be done. Again, I thank every one of us that know the Lord as our personal Savior. I thank every one of us knows. That we are living borrowed time. We know, according to this book here, that Jesus said he's coming back. And if he says he's coming back, beloved, he's coming back. Now there's skeptics out there. There's always people trying to deny the word of God. They hate this book to begin with because they don't know the word. Lord is their Savior. And they think this book is just written by a bunch of men that just didn't know what they were doing. They just put it together. And we gullible Christians, we believers, take their word that this is God's word. Well, I don't take their word because this isn't their word. This is God's word. His word I take literally. Amen. And notice, these things which must shortly be done. Look at verse 7. What's shortly going to be done? Behold, I come quickly. You say, Brother John, that's been over 2,000 years. He hadn't come. Listen to God. Do you think God worries about the watch on your wrist? you think God worries about time? Listen, God is the one that made up time. Amen. And when it comes to time, A thousand years is a day unto God, and a day unto a thousand years. Listen, no, it might be 2,000 years, but in God's eyes, it's only been two days. Think about that. Listen, he says, Behold, I come quickly. He is coming. And blessed is he that keeps the saying of the prophecy of this book. Do you know the book of Revelation promises that you and I, if we read this book, cherish this book, study this book, allow this book to live in us and guide and direct us, do you understand? He says, I'll bless you for that. This is the only book in the Bible that says you read this, study it, live by it, understand it, preserve it in your heart, I'll bless you for it. That's some pretty good stuff, isn't it? Now notice... Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. And, of course, here's John in verse 8. And he says, And I, John, saw these things and heard them. And when I had heard and seen, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel, which showed me these things. You see, he got a little excited when he saw these things. And the Bible says he fell down at the feet of the angel. And began to worship him and the angel. I can just imagine, get up, John. No, no, no. I'm a servant like you, but let me let you on, in on a little clue. Instead of worshiping a person or things, let's worship God. Amen. That's the greatest person to worship, and that's the only. Person, we should ever worship. He and He alone is worthy of our worship. Nothing else. And as much as we like to worship people, athletes, movie stars, singers, and all of that stuff, they don't compare to Holy Almighty God. And yes, there's lots of things we like to worship materially. We like to worship some of us, our jobs. Some of us are possessions, but listen, worship God. That's the key. In fact, we are to have no other gods before us. Him and him alone is who we worship. Notice what he says. And he said unto me, speaking of John, shall not The sayings of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. Back in Daniel, he was told to write a book, but he was told to seal it. And the reason he was told to seal it, because it wasn't time yet for that book to be revealed. Now, here is the opposite. John is told, don't you dare seal it. Don't preserve it. Open it up. Why? So everyone will understand one day the Lord is coming back. And you better be ready because if you don't know him as your Savior, you're going to face him in his wrath and his judgment. And you need to be prepared. There's a lot of people out there that ain't prepared. Amen. Notice, still not the saints, for the time is at hand. What time? His return. Now notice verse 11. He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. And he which is filthy, let him be filthy still. And He that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. Now some would say, well preacher, that don't really make no sense. Yeah, it does. You see, he says for the... Time is at hand. You see, we can't tell God, oh, wait, put off your plan and your timing for the return because I need to get ready. No, no, no. When he decides to come, he's coming, and whatever shape your soul is in, that's how you're going to be when he returns. You're either going to be saved or you're going to be lost. But the time of getting ready is now. We can't tell when he's coming back. It could be before I even finish the next sentence. You better be ready. Because the condition of your soul is going to tell you where you're going to end up. Were you saved? Have you been born again? Or are you dying lost? Look, verse 12. And behold, I come quickly. He says he's coming, but he also says he's coming quickly. In the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, he will come back. Now, nobody knows the day or the hour except the Father. But listen, when the last person receives Christ God knows who it is God will say it's time and he'll come quickly notice and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be now for those of us that are saved oh we want him to come back don't we and He promises us to reward us for our service to him. And it will be a great blessing for him to come back. How many of you want the Lord to come back? Oh, my goodness. Do you realize how many times when you go through, as a child of God, when you go through a trial, go through those rough times? How many of you going through that rough time says, oh, Lord, I wish you'd just come back? I make that statement. Almost every day, Amen. Or when this country don't feel like home anymore, Lord, I wish you'd come back. We are always making that statement, aren't we? And we understand that when He comes back, His reward is with Him. So those of us that have been washed by the blood of the Lamb, that are saved going to spend eternity in heaven. He's going to reward us for our service. and It's going to be a great blessing to be there. Amen? Amen. But for those that reject Christ, that didn't want Him as their Lord and Savior, it's going to be just the opposite. It's going to be a day of wrath and judgment. That's all they're going to face one day. Mm. You wonder how anybody would rather go to hell than go to heaven you know I've honestly heard people tell me that it's going to be a party oh it's going to be quite the party sure it's going to be a party sure yep eternal torment flames that dieth not no there's not going to be no parties there's going to be nothing but suffering and misery and believe me The worst part of that torment is you're going to remember throughout all eternity every opportunity you had to receive Jesus as your Savior. Can you see that record playing over and over for all eternity? Notice, I come quickly, my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. I'm the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. He began it all. He's going to end it all. Amen. Blessed are they that do his commandments that they may have right to the tree of life and enter in through the gates into the city. Well, those that know the Lord as their personal Savior, they're going to get to walk through the gates. I call it going to heaven first class, Brother Mike. Amen won't have to worry about those on the back of the bus. You're just going to walk through the gates. But notice what he said about those others. For without, they're what? Dogs. And we love our dogs, don't we? But understand something. Back in the Lord's day, dogs were considered evil. And they weren't greatly thought of. Amen. Lazarus, the dogs came and licked his sores. Think about that. You said, well, oh, wasn't that nice of them dogs? No. No, it wasn't. But notice dogs, sorcerers, whoremongers, murderers, and idolaters, and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. Who's he describing there? And even if, and it's not because we got God's word, but even if the doors of heaven were open for them, folks that don't know Jesus, that don't want to know Christ, that don't love Him, don't love His word, they wouldn't want to be in heaven anyways because they would be out of place. Amen? So, by the way, who loveth and maketh a lie? Who's the author of all lies? Who's the father of all lies? He's a murderer from the beginning. And those that follow him are just like their daddy the devil. Amen? Notice what it says here. And I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. It's exactly what he did. And I am the root and the offspring of David. Well, him being a root means he is a descendant of David. Notice offspring. He's kin. He's a descendant. He comes from David. But listen to me. Because of his authority, because of who he is, he claims the throne. It was God that, after all, that gave David the throne. And Jesus is coming back to sit on that throne. Amen. His rightful place. So, he's a descendant. He's an ancestor, excuse me. And notice, and the bright morning star. You see, what he's saying here is one day he will take up the throne. Where he will rule and reign in majesty and righteousness. And just as a star, which in those days it meant elevation, he's elevated as the one With all authority. And he is the bright and morning star. Which pictures there is a new dawn. A new day coming. When sin and death and evil and Satan. And all of those things will once and for all finally be done away and in that morning star that new dawn that new day he will be on the throne ruling in righteousness amen judgment and it will be a wonderful time real quick notice what the spirit says and the spirit And the bride say, what? Come. And let him that hear us say, come. And let him that is a thirst, come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. Now, first and foremost, the Holy Spirit, his main job is, yes, to reprove the world of sin, And convict us down here. But his main job is to what? Glorify the Son of God. He wants God to receive all glory. So he's saying, Lord, come. He's wanting the Lord to come. I want the Lord to come. Amen. And notice the bride, the church says, Come and let him that heareth Come, and let him that is a thirst come, and whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. Notice the invitation. God still, as he begins to close the book, is still asking and inviting people to come and take the water of life freely. But listen, you can only come now because when... You die, that's it. That's why you want to come now if you don't know the Savior. And then he says this concerning the book. Verse 18, For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book, if any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. Now I'll get in trouble, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. There are folks out there, especially in the charismatic movement, that will tell you, oh, God gave me a new revelation. Understand, God's Word is completed. He's not ever going to give us another revelation. We got everything we need in that book that's been completed all these years. It's God's Word. And when someone says, God has given me a revelation, I've got a Word from God, you are adding to the Word of God. You're on dangerous ground. Now, let me also add, for those who say, I'm writing a book of scriptures. Uh, your Mormons. They've added to the word of God. You're Christian scientists. And by the way, I never could figure that out. They're not Christian and they're not scientists. So what is their deal? But they add... To the book. And then how many of you watched some of these religious programs? And by the way, you got to be careful with the History Channel and the Learning Channel and all of that. Because isn't it amazing they found all of these lost books of the Bible? You understand? If you believe those books. And by the way, who's behind those lost books? Satan wants you to doubt God's word. And that's why you're finding lost books all over the place of the bible no you're adding to the word of god and he says i don't take it lightly when you add to my word and look at else what else he says in 19 and if any man t- shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy god shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. It's true, we can add to the word and he says not to but we can also take away. How do you take away, preacher? Well, it's real easy. You see, we choose and pick what we want to preach and we want to water down the word of God. We don't want to offend anyone. We want everybody to like us so we don't preach the whole counsel of God, and we just kind of skirt over the Word of God. Well, that gets you in trouble also. Add to or take away. Folks, i want to tell you something. I love you with all my heart, and I appreciate your love for me and my family, your support for us. But listen to me. I had rather offend everyone in this place by preaching the Word of God than to offend my Lord, for not preaching it. Amen? Amen. Much as I love you, I love him more. And he tells me, if I take away from his book, I don't preach the whole counsel of God in power and by the Spirit, then what does he say? Then I'll take away his part out of the book of life. You say, oh, I thought we could lose our salvation. No, wrong book. There's a Lamb's book of life. If you're saved, your name's there and it's never coming out. But there is a book of life where ha, He can call you out and you can die and He can remove your name from ever being here on earth. Still got a soul. Soul's going to spend eternity somewhere. Where? Well, still. Heaven or hell? But it's serious. God doesn't take it lightly when you say that God wasn't finished. He he wasn't done with it. He was done. He gave us everything we needed to know. It's right here. There ain't going to be anything that needs to be added. And then if we try to soft coat and take away and preach around, Then, what have we done? We've taken away words from the book. You have to be careful. Notice what it says. He which testifieth these things says, and who's testifying these things? Jesus. Surely, I come quickly. Amen. Even so, come Lord Jesus. Now, as I get ready to close, I'm going to ask you a question. If Jesus was to come right here and right now, where will you be? Where are you in your walk with him? Are you saved or are you lost? Again, He could come this very moment. Are you ready? He tells us that this book will one day come to a close. We've had this book around for a while, haven't we, Brother Rich? We've had it around for a while. And it has revealed how much God loves us. This whole book, from Genesis to the end of Revelation, declares how much God loves you and I. It is a book of love. But it's also a book that tells us we are also accountable to our Creator. We can face Him as a Savior... Or we can face him as the judge. And by the way, I'll throw this in and won't charge you. This book that we cherish as believers, we love. This very book will be the very book that judges us. So if you're there and you deny Jesus as your Savior. And you deny that this is the word of God. That's okay. That's on you because this very book is what's going to judge you. So, heaven or hell? Saved or lost? Behold, I come quickly. You say they've been saying that for thousands of years, preacher. He ain't come back yet. Yeah, they've said it for a while. But the difference is, every single day makes us that much closer to His return. And today could be the day. So if you're here under the sound of my voice, the Lord is warning you. It's coming to a close. You know, I'll be honest. Before I got saved... One, I didn't understand this book at all. And two, I'd hear preachers preach out of this book, and it used to raise the hair, the back of my neck, and my arm. You scare me to death. Because, whoo, you mean there's going to be wars? You mean there's going to be pestilences? There's going to be starvation? Billions of people are going to die? Well, how could God do that if He loved everybody? Why would He? I had all those questions. But listen to me. As bad as things are, boy, we're living in some tough times now. When I read this now that I know the Lord is my Savior, I'm no longer afraid, I'm excited. Because he is coming. But the question is, are you going? Are you ready? Would you stand with me? Every eye closed.